Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Favorites Podcast is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to bet the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook during the football season. They're America's number one sportsbook with an easy-to-use app that's safe and secure. And when I win, I get paid out in as little as two hours. And this season, FanDuel Sportsbook is making betting easy for everyone. With great promos like risk-free bets, enhanced odds markets, same-game parlays, and more. So if you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started and sign up with promo code FAVORITES so they know I sent you. You must be 21 or older and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Virginia, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Call the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789 or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Welcome to The Favorites, the podcast from the Volume Podcast Network. I am Chad Millman, very special college football playoff service academy bonanza episode. I'm joined, as always, by my BFF, my companion, my compadre, Mr. Simon Hunter, and very special guests from the Action Network are all everything analysts. Mr. Stuckey, the one named Wonder, and of course, college football podcasting superstar, <laughs> king of the SEC, the volume's shiniest, brightest light, J-Boy. What's up, J-Boy? What's up, man? Uh, really honored to be back. appreciate that intro and uh, your checks in the mail chat. I just hope I got the address right. Well... We can confer after to make sure that it's right because these things get more expensive every single time. <laughs> Stuck, I want to start with you. You are a Service Academy loyalist. You have always loved betting Service Academy games. You seem to have a bead every year on how these game games are going to play out. We've got a very special Service Academy game, Army-Navy, on Saturday. How are you thinking about it right now? Yeah, I, I remember going to this game, 
you know, when he used to be in Philly, when growing up, I grew up outside of Philly and my dad would take me. And I remember Bill Clinton when he was president. I was really young, so I can barely remember. But Bill Clinton came into our section and then uh, Secret Service had to come and clear it first. That was my first memory of this game. But yeah, I love this game every year. I love the Service Academy teams where they play each other because it's such a unique game. For those who aren't familiar with Service Academy football teams, they play the triple option. And the reason they do that is they're not getting the same caliber athletes and recruits that some of these, you know, power five schools and even other schools get. So their competitive advantage now is they play this unique style that on a week to week basis, when they go and play someone, they're not used to seeing the triple option. And it's all about, you know, discipline and it's just a different offense that you have to stay. And it's kind of like a shock to your system for defenses. But when they play each other, they have all the familiarity in the world with it because they practice against each other every day of the year. So they're practicing against the triple option defense and they know how to cover it. They know the assignments. They know how to stay disciplined, who gets the pitch man, who gets the, uh, who gets the running back and, you know, all the motion and how to, how to defend the fullback dive. So when they play each other, a lot of times, especially Army Navy, these are really low scoring games because, you know, number one, they're running it the entire game, both teams. So the clock's always running. They're going for a lot of fourth downs. So it's like fourth and one. Hey, we'll go for it. You just get two yards and then you keep going and going and going. And then it's really hard to score because both teams are familiar with the other offense and they know how to defend it. So you get these rock fights and I love them. And that's the reason why Army Navy has gone under the total 15 straight years and if you bet all service academies, so Army, Navy, Air Force, whenever they play each other every year, unders and service academy games are 38 and 10, just under 80% since 2005. So uh, that's why betting Army, Navy is fascinating. Well, I will tell everybody the total right now is 36 and a half. Army is a, a seven and a half point favorite. It opened at eight. Shea Boy, like, I would love to know, as someone who is steeped in the SEC, why the fuck would you care about Army and Navy? You know, the the tradition of the game, I, I think it's a top five rivalry in sports just because of the cachet. And it's kind of, you know, like, like going to the place you always go to eat, but ordering something you've never ordered before. Like you go to the place and you always order a type sandwich. You go in there one day, you're like, you know what? I'm going to mix it up. I'm going to get something different. That's what this game's going to give you. Because, I mean, Stuck's right. Uh, Stucky's right. Uh, the biggest thing for Army and Navy, they can't go get the 6'5", 300-pound offensive linemen. Number one, a lot of those guys don't fit in submarines or planes. You know, I guess David Robinson fit in a submarine, so that may, may kill that theory. But they're not able to go get the, the guys you see that can pass pro against, you know, legitimate four-down teams, legitimate three-down teams that bring pressure. And the triple option is tough. It's, it's a built-in advantage because, like Jay-Z said, less is more, man. There's plenty of us. The less guys that are running a certain type thing, the more type, the more exotic that thing is. Uh, and betting these games are tough because, you know, the rivalry game, they're both going to get up for it. They hear about it all year. Uh, you know, for example, you look at the way Auburn got up for Alabama and, and how they played Alabama compared to the way uh, that Georgia did. There was extenuating circumstances there. But, you know, I look at this game. Navy has had one of their least talented teams uh, that I've seen under under Coach Cannon up there uh, that, you know, played well against Cincinnati, but they're not able to really consistently move the ball. The quarter, they're not able to hit home runs with the quarterback like they were with Keenan Reynolds uh, and some guys in the past. You know, the, the, the system they run, you know, you want you go 9, 10, 11, 12 plays, but in the past, Navy's, or excuse me, Army's been able to kind of 
Uh, our Navy's been able to quick strike you with, with, with guys that can move. But Army's a better team. Having said that, I like Navy plus seven and a half because I think it is going to be a rock fight. I think it's going to be low scoring. Navy's going to get up for this game. So I like Navy plus seven and a half. But, you know, you bet it because we hadn't had a game in a while, too, it feels like. And it's the only one. So, hell, you know, if you like betting college football, there it is. Simon, is it a DeGen special? <laughs> yeah. It's, and like Stucky said, it's a blind under every year. Even if they made it 30, I might still think about betting the under. It's at, it's at that point now where – Every year, every pro I talked to is like, no, this is the year it's probably going to go over. And it's like, why why go against the trend? Just keep betting the under. Don't overthink it. Don't try to be the smartest one. The rest of our lives, this is a bet I'll always make. I'll always bet the under. doesn't matter if they hit the over five straight years. I'm just going to keep riding this trend. It's it's at the point now where you just said it's 80% over the last couple of years. Just the Navy, Air Force, Army matchups just always tend towards leaning the under. So... The fact you're getting 36 now, it's it's a gift. I saw some books headed down at 34. I love when uh, Philly guys like Simon and Stucky talk about a game being a rock fight because I feel like Philly guys have probably been in rock fights. They know literally what that is like. Yeah, I would say the closest we get is we would play football on the street, tackle football. So not in, not anyone's front yard. You would just go in the street and play football. Yeah. That was definitely the closest I came to a rock fight. Yeah, y'all booed Santa Claus, man. <laughs> we, we threw batteries at him. I know. And it wasn't the power of the sleigh. <laughs> snowballs, snowballs filled with batteries at uh, New York football giants on the sidelines one year, yep. too. Yeah. And, and just to close out the Army Navy discussion, I do like Navy plus seven and a half as well. Look, the, the market's starting to catch up to this. We're talking about it. People have been talking about it. The average over under from 2005 to 2018 was 50. So the last three years, it's down to 37. If the total was 35 in all the Army-Navy games, the under would have only went seven and nine. The, the market's starting to get close. I make it 33. There's going to be a lot of wind, and the Army could actually throw it a little bit now, But so I think that hurts their, their passing game. All right. There are actual college football playoff lines out right now. Even though the game's not for another three weeks, there is an opportunity sort of in the first few days to make a play, and then the line's settle in for a while stuck looking at this Georgia eight and a half over Michigan, Alabama, two touchdowns over Cincy total 44 and a half Georgia, Michigan, 58 Alabama, Cincy. Have you made any bets on these games? Where do you see the greatest value so far? I did play Cincinnati. A couple books put it out at 16 and a half, which I mm-hmm. thought was crazy. That was way too high. So I got a little <laughs> bit down there settled a little bit at 14 you can get a little bit more i played 14 on cincinnati i think that number is too high as well alabama looked phenomenal against georgia playing for everything but we've seen alabama this year i think it's mainly because of their young offensive line and secondary they've been very inconsistent you know you see them one week they look unstoppable the next week you know they look like oh wow they barely escaped auburn they barely escaped lsu they barely escaped florida so I think this is too many points, especially when you consider that John Mechie, their, their you know, leading receiver, who has 96 catches on the year, is going to be out for this game. They don't really have a third receiver, and they haven't really needed one. But someone else is going to have to step up besides Jamison Williams. And the difference, what I, what I think the difference between Cincy and Georgia, Georgia got no pressure on Alabama, number one, which is the most surprising mm-hmm. aspect that mm-hmm. Alabama offensive line played well. But Cincinnati has a much better secondary than Georgia. They have the best corner in the country, in my opinion, Ahmad Garner, who's probably going to go in the top 10 in the NFL draft, who's given up 
zero touchdowns and over a thousand snaps. He's given up 117 yards total on the year. He takes away one side of the field. So, uh, you know, and Kobe Bryant is also going to be playing in the NFL at corner. So like that, I mean, their secondary is excellent. So uh, I think Cincinnati secondary can hang here. I don't think they, they're going to need some flukes to win the game, but I think two touchdowns is too much. I think this line should be closer to 10. When I'm looking at Cincinnati Bama, uh, my biggest thing when I look at this game and, and at 14, I'm going to take Bama minus 14 for a couple reasons. Cincinnati, I, I agree. Stucky, uh, Sauce Gardner uh, is, is one of the most talented corners in the country. I don't think he's seen Jamison, though. And, and I'm, wonder, I, I'm wondering and, and assuming he's probably going to follow him around, especially now that Mechie's out. The biggest thing that having Mechie out hurts Bama is now they can bracket Jamison Williams a whole heck of a lot easier without having to worry about getting their pants pulled down on the back end. You can only bracket so many people. But the difference to me is, and will always be up front and at the tight end position. You know, it's a game of matchups. It'll always be a game of matchups. You look at Law, too, a guy that I think has snuck under the radar this year, showed up big against Miami's, made some big plays, kind of disappeared in the middle of the year, saw him a little bit against Auburn, especially in the overtime, but his blocking has gotten so much better throughout the year. Billingsley is, is a matchup problem. I mean, a guy that's over six foot four, uh, 215 pounds, they can put outside and go win the jump ball. But I love the inside and I love the seam. You know, Cincinnati's pretty good in the back end. Uh, you know, I, I would say when you look at them and Georgia from a draft standpoint, Sauce is obviously going to be the first guy that goes. But I think depth-wise, Georgia has them there. And I don't think Cincinnati's seen anything like Alabama. I mean, they struggled with Navy. You struggle with Tulsa and, uh, and with game day there. But the game always comes down to up front for me. And I don't think Cincinnati is going to be able to get pressure on Bryce Young. And when they do, I don't think they, they'll be able to get him down. Brian Robinson's going to be healthier. Jason McClellan uh, is a guy that uh, is, is looking to get back, that was leading Alabama in touchdowns before he got hurt. And if Cincinnati can't stop the run, you got to start robbing Peter to pay Paul in the box. And when you do that against Alabama with a guy like Bryce Young that can extend plays, they are going to hit big plays, whether it's on crossers, whether it's hitting back shoulders for chunk plays, 15, 25. And then when they get in the red zone, you're going to see the tight end in that play action game and Bryce's running ability, which if you watch Bryce throughout the year, he's gotten so much more economical and more efficient in the run game. You know, we do the show with them every Monday. And one thing that he's talked about is understanding, hey, when they're in man and their backs turn and I can escape up through the pocket, I need to start going more. Because uh, it just has such a built-in advantage against the defense because you're playing with less than a hat really than the offense when you look at it truly with what Bryce can do. So I do like Alabama. Then defensively, you're getting Chris Allen back. Uh, I don't think Cincinnati will be able to consistently drive the ball on Alabama's defense. I don't know if they can protect Will Anderson. I don't know if the National Guard could protect if Will Anderson really wanted to get in there. So I do like Bama. Uh, I love their physicality. Nick Saban, they may not get up sometimes for regular season games and, and they haven't this year with a young team. But if you look, they made some movement and, and some decisions on the offensive line, McLaughlin moving guys around and found something they liked. And if you can block Georgia, I promise you can block Cincinnati. Uh, I think Nick wants to make a statement. They're still using the underdog role, even though they're number one, because at the end of the day, Nick Saban is master splinter. Dad, it was just yeah, a couple I weeks ago. We had Jay boy on, we had Colin on and I sat here. I looked at the camera. I said, take Bama. It was plus 600 national championship. You did say that. They're in the final four. It feels like you're at the point now where it's the SEC's, you know, title to lose. Georgia's favorite, big favorite. Bama's a big favorite. We know the public's going to be coming in on Michigan. We know the public's going to be coming in on Cincy. It's going to be interesting watching these lines move up and down uh, this upcoming week. 
Jabo, do you feel like it's the SEC's title to lose? I mean, the way these matchups I are, mean, is it, are we due for a Bama Georgia rematch? Look, I, I know that's what the sponsors want. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's I, I guarantee you that's what they want. Uh, but yeah, look, and, and again, look, Cincinnati's a great story to me. But you know what else is a great story? Little Red Riding Hood. And I'd pick Bama to beat them, too. And I've got a ton of respect for Luke Fickle. He's going into the Power Five in the Big 12, uh, and, and the sky's the limit for that guy. He's an unbelievable coach. Uh, but again, look, Bama's still pissed. That's the thing. As a guy that grew up in Auburn, Alabama, I know when Bama's pissed. I can see pissed Bama, and they have been inconsistent. Uh, but I, I think they're starting to put it together, and they show up for these games. Nick Saban shows up for these postseason games. And you got tons of time with Bill O'Brien, who is literally the Wizard of Oz the more time you give him. But looking at Georgia, I think this is a horrible matchup for Michigan. You're not going to go 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 plays consistently on Georgia. And Cade McNamara is not going to throw you to wins. Cade McNamara and Stetson Bennett, I swear, are the same person. Just like Jamison Williams and Jalen Waddell, I swear, are the same person. Michigan's got good players, but I don't think they're going to be able to score enough against Georgia. And Georgia, I think, is going to be able to hit enough plays. George Pickens coming back is huge for the one-on-one, especially inside the red zone. You're going to get Georgia and Bama just because gravity's gravity, man. Stuck, you get the final word. Yeah, I, I just think we're, we're having too much recency bias with this Alabama team. They, they aren't the Alabama team of last year that was historically great. There, there's a reason this team – you're telling me they didn't show up to play Auburn, their rival? No, no, no. Well, Auburn-Alabama, man, I mean, you can throw the records out. I mean, that's, yeah, that's but, like but fighting I mean, your brother. All right. Yeah, they showed up for that game. Since Alabama are going to show up for this game. LSU, I mean, they should have lost that game. They, they went 20-14 to 14 against that and beat up and just completely ravaged LSU team. They, you know, are – beat an Arkansas team that gets shut out by a couple opponents and have to beat them 42-35 at home. Um, this is the team that should have lost to Florida. It was outplayed by yeah. what turned out to be a bad Florida team. This team has not been consistent all year. We see, yeah, They have a lot of talent, so we see flashes. And then the next week, it's like, oh, what's wrong with this team? They lose to Zach Calzada. You make Zach Calzada look good. No one did that all year except Alabama. It was 41-38 to at Texas A&M. Takes four games for Texas A&M to score that many points. So I, this team is just we're so much recent bias. Last week it was Georgia, and I didn't like Georgia last week, but it was Georgia minus six and a half. Georgia's going to kill Alabama. Alabama has one good performance. It's one game, and now everyone just says, oh, Alabama. Well, well I, I don't think oh, you can use the term like recency bias with Nick Saban, who's dominated the sport going on a decade. I mean, if that's recency bias – then, then I, I don't know, you know, why would we look in the past about anything? Why do we look at trends? I don't think you can compare Texas A&M with Navy or SMU. If you give Alabama that schedule, they're pulling everybody's pants down probably by 25 to 35. And, and this isn't a one-off, hey, we're playing in the, the Meineke Car Care Bowl and eight of our starters are opting out. You're going to get the full weight of it. And, you know, the Georgia-Bama game to me, that, that's been the biggest hump for Georgia. I had Georgia winning that game. I, I thought they'd win seven to 10 points. It's amazing. They keep getting up and blowing it, whether it's halftime or getting up 10 to in the first quarter. I just don't see how you can, can look at that SEC schedule and then look at Cincinnati's schedule and say, you know, man, I just, I, I think we can compare losses. So if we're going to say that they barely beat AM, Cincinnati barely beat Navy, who's three and eight. They beat Tulsa by what had to stop Tulsa at the goal line with game day there. And we want to compare that to an Arkansas team 
that won eight games and destroyed Texas, even though that seems to be a habit. So I, I, if we're talking about showing up, it's one thing if Jack Nicholson shows up to act and another thing if a B-list actor shows up to act. So I think if we're going to use bias, let's make sure we look at the draft and say, wow, the SEC's won 11 out of the last 15 national championships. Uh, they absolutely dominate the draft. Yeah, we're, so we're, not, we're, not, we're not talking about winning bias. the game. We're not, we're not talking about winning the game. We're talking about covering 14. No, that, that's what I'm saying. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't care. I hope I was going to win the game. No, no, it's, I'm not arguing the win. I'm arguing if we're going to say recency bias, how can we say recency bias against Alabama? That's like saying, well, Leo DiCaprio's made, he's made good movies, but this next movie coming out, is probably going to suck. I mean, I don't think you can use that, use that optic when you're using Cincinnati and, and Bama. You can use it with Georgia and Bama, but I don't think you can use it with Cincinnati and Bama, but that's what makes it fun. And we'll see. Yeah. I mean, it's still a market the other day. I mean, now the look ahead line yeah. for Georgia Alabama is one. I mean, it was it was just six and a half. It's moved five and a half points in after one game. Mm-hmm. So obviously, and the public has say say in this game in this market at this time of the year. I just think that this Alabama team is nowhere close, nowhere close to what this team was last year, which is a historically great team. There's still lapses in the secondary in certain games. If, if the offensive line is going to play like it did last week all year, then yeah, the offense is going to be great. But we've seen that for one game. So I, I still think that this Alabama team is the second best team in the country. Uh, I still have Georgia power. I agree with you on that. We're, I 100% uh, agree with you on that. Let's end on an agreement. This is the beauty of the playing the game idea. We're going to know on the 31st, was Stucky right? Was he right to buy 16 and a half? Was he right to buy 14 on Cincinnati? I don't know. Personally, I want to see Alabama-Michigan in the title game. I think mm. that's going to be a more interesting matchup. Uh, nationally than Alabama, Georgia. Why? This, Why do you say that? Michigan's a great story. It, to me, it's about the narrative. Michigan's a great story. Michigan's fan base is bigger. Uh, uh, Northeast uh, bias. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> totally true, by the way. All right. <laughs> this has been the favorites from the Volume Podcast Network. If you want more passionate college football conversation, go listen to J-Boy also at the Volume Podcast Network. You have been getting passionate college football conversation from big bets on campus bboc on the action network all season long from stucky and colin wilson you can watch their show along with brett mcmurphy all throughout the college football postseason at action network hq on twitter uh for stucky for j boy for simon hunter i am chad millman until next time love you